This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Been talking about prime time, and uh, just uh, briefly how this came about about a year ago. I was in prayer and had a special time with the Lord. It's like the Lord walked into my my upper room at the house. I uh, heard noise on the steps, somebody coming up steps, thought it was Ellen. And uh, anyway, no one was there. And then when I shut my, opened my eyes, see who was there, no one shut my eyes. And uh, it was just the presence of God real strong. And... Um, it was like the Lord just overwhelmed me of his love. And um, sometimes it's hard to even talk about. I don't need to go too deep. But just say that I was overwhelmed by the love of God. And I asked him to give me a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. And uh, next thing I know, it was 4 o'clock in the morning. And I said, well, I probably need to go to bed. And I went to bed and and, and then it was, uh, I'm not sure if it's the next day or a couple days later, I was ministering and I was just talking about the need that we have for the whole body of Christ. And I was going to give a challenge at the end for um, older, more mature believers, those 50 and up, uh, 55 and up, and take this challenge to rise up and um, not just retire, but to refire. Not just to be passionless, but to be full of passion for God, to return to the first love. And next thing I know, I'm, I go, if you're 50, instead of 55, I said, if you're 50, stand up. And, and it surprised me by anointing uh, the presence of God shot through me at that moment. And uh, afterwards, I, I told Ellen, I said, I think... Uh, the Lord's called me in senior ministry or something. I, I, it was so so strong, and we discussed that. And afterwards, I, some people gave me a, a prophecy about 50 years old, those uh, getting turned on to the Lord. And then there was confirmation after confirmation. Uh, the next day after having that, I, I get my iPad out, and I'm just going to listen to the Word or uh, somebody preach or something. I saw Jim Baker, and that's on a show I usually look at. And uh, he was having Lance Wallnow on there, and for some reason I was attracted to that, so I turned it on. And Lance is talking about uh, Christians age 50, that it was uh, a time for them to lead the youth to bring protection and wisdom and just uh, all these things. And Lori Baker, who is Jim Baker's wife, said, are you saying, Lance, that this is a, a prime age? Or, and he goes, it's prime time. Now, I left out one thing. That, that night, um, that Sunday night after ministering, I... Uh, I asked the Lord, I said, what do you call this thing? What's going on in me about this? And I didn't hear anything then. The next morning, I'm, I'm shaving, and just out of the blue, I hear prime time. And I knew the name 
uh, of what this was about. So after this goes off, YouTube goes to the next person who I didn't know who it was. I just heard them. I was doing things. I heard them say that the next great harvest would be spearheaded or, or, or led by those that were 50 and over. And he said, this is the great harvest. This is church of the harvest. I'm getting this. <laughs> and uh, just over and over, Ellen and I just went to a conference recently, and every speaker spoke about this. So um, they, they mentioned it, that God was bringing the young and old together. And we're a church that we love the old and the young here. I know that. I mean, there's a lot of love here. I'm just saying there's a different level. There is more. And I'm talking about being there, older person with their wisdom, being there to give some advice, some mentoring, some discipling, uh, some aid, some help to that person. Because we're, the truth is we're losing our youth when they go to college. They need to be discipled. They need someone in their life. And if you got a, a spiritual parent, awesome. And it's okay. You can have more than one. You know, you can have your natural parent and you can have someone else. They're praying for you. You might say, well, I have no kids. Well, spiritual kids are available. God wants you to have them. And you don't just run over to a young person and say, look, I, I want to be uh, your, I want to mentor you and I want to know everything about you. You just overwhelm them. Now just say, can I pray for you? And just walk slowly through this thing and don't uh, scare somebody. Just be, be at peace. It might be you're praying for someone from a distance. It might be that the Lord has already spoken somebody to your heart that you're supposed to be discipling. Anybody recognize that? That you're already supposed to be? Yeah. So what do we do? We do it. Now, if you're a, a mom and you're, you're hearing this and you're cringing inside, another thing, another thing, this isn't for you. You're discipling your kids, okay? That, that's, that's important. It's kind of like Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman. Every woman would cringe when that message was taught. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, just read Proverbs 31. Okay. So what, what am I, I'm talking about is really being there for each other. A divided nation needs a united church. It means I'm not going to make fun of millennials, which is a popular thing to do. Because I'm for them. Our, our youth here are awesome. If they're millennials, they're awesome. We have some awesome young people in, in our church. But we can pray, we can support, we can do more. And, and God will show you what to do. And this isn't something that you just put together. God puts together. When Pastor Fred 
he, he came to me uh, after a service. He said, the Lord has told me to mentor you. He said, I want you to go home and pray about it. And I said, don't need to pray about it. Yes. He said, oh. Well, see, I'd had a dream a couple nights before that Pastor Fred was going to come to me and ask me if he could mentor me, and I would say yes. So it was, it was real easy. Yes. And I've mentored people by using the same, same thing that he did. It was a tremendous help to me. It made a difference. You can make a difference in someone's life. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I've, I've been there, done that. I'm of the older generation, and, you know, I'm just fine. That's the problem. <laughs> See, we think there's two tracks. We think there's a normal Christian believer, and then there's the extra credit discipler. No, there's just one track. We're to make disciples. Now, first, you've got to be a disciple. If you're not a disciple, you can't disciple someone else. So if you're not a disciple, you need to get in gear, get saved, get with the program. Like Paul's saying, you should be teacher, teaching others, but, you know, you still need milk. You got to move on. Psalms 145, verse 4. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. God is thinking generationally. He's thinking about kids, grandkids, fathers and mothers, spiritual fathers and mothers. What about the widow, the, the stranger? It says that if they follow, the, Israel was told, if they will follow the Lord, if they'll follow me, the Lord said, take them in as family and make them your very own as if they were naturally birthed by you. Wow. Somebody comes here and they, they need family. We're family. We're for each other. You see a child doing something crazy, blindfolded, you know. Don't, don't go, well, who's your parent? And, uh, no, get them off. Amen? So where do you start? I mean, you can connect with people. And community groups is... It's like Pastor Rob's uh, series, Better Together. We are truly better together. And since this, all this, I've, I've looked back and I saw that times of restoration in the Bible where when younger and older came together, I looked at Joel and you know what Joel said? That your young men shall see vision, your old men will see dreams. He's talking about together. Your men servants and your maid servants, I will pour out my spirit See, we need to be united in unity, showing that what the world's going through is not part of the body of Christ. That age, your age doesn't matter. All are valuable. All are precious. All have been created by God. None are superior. None are inferior. Black, white, red, yellow, blue, we're all precious in his sight. Racism has no place in the church and the family of God. Sexism, being uh, better than a, a female or male, whatever, no place in the body of Christ. Unity, 
brought about the glory of God. The strength and the power of the Lord was released. It's the reason you need unity in your house. And we need unity in the house of God. God's multi-generational. God told Moses, introduce me like this. Or he introduced himself to Moses. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Why was he doing that? Did God just think I needed, I need three names? No, he was saying, I'm a God of the generations. I'm multi-generational. God thinks in generations. When the blessing and the covenant was made with Abraham, it wasn't just to Abraham. It was to his descendants. When you see descendants in the scripture, it's talking about generations. Promises that God has given to me and Ellen are not just for us. It's for the family. It goes down to the family. It carries on. Hallelujah. So then God tells Moses, introduce me to Israel like this. I'm the God of Abraham. This is my, he said, this is my name forever. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. And said, is to be remembered from generation to generation. God looks at the big picture. Then I thought about the begats. All that part of scripture that we just want to pass through that list. And I have passed by the begats many times. But then it hit me. Why are those begats in there? It seems like a list that's not essential to us. But just the very fact that it's in there over and over and repeated should tell us something. It's saying that I'm a God of generations. That's a list of generations. That's what God is talking about. So what are you passing on to the next generation? Who are you mentoring? Who are you discipling? Who are you praying for? Who are you releasing something into? I'm not saying that you don't meet with those of your own age. I'm just saying that shouldn't be only that way. You need some young people in your life, older people. Young people, you need some older people in your life. There's going to be a give and take on each end because we're different and yet the same. But the stability and strength and the wisdom the young people need. And the older people need to be around some life, some young, zealous people. It rub off on you. And you need them to pour into. The revelation of God is to grow through the generations. There's to be a flow of impartation. The promises were passed down. Each generation is to leave a platform for the next generation to stand on. I don't want... 
the next generation to start over again, they should take off where we top out. That means we've got to pour in. We've got to give what's on the inside of us. Even practical help. I had someone last week say, just practical wisdom that I got from this older person made all the difference in the world. When I was a new believer, uh, a, a couple came to me and they gave me, they were big partners with Oral Roberts. And Really, we didn't have money to buy a lot of stuff. I wanted to read, you know, get all this. There wasn't a lot of extra money around. They brought me mounds of material from Oral Roberts. I devoured it. Devoured it. It was such a, such a blessing to me to, to have them in my life. It can make a difference. To build generationally, the saints must build up all levels. Babies need milk. Young children need to be built up and given responsibility. The young need meat. The older people need to be valued, respected, and utilized. That means there's got to be some renewal of youth. I understand that. There's got to be some strength, but he will renew your strength if you'll wait on him. Waiting on him for a righteous cause of pouring into someone else, he's going to give you strength. You remember the widow who called for Elijah? Her husband was one of his group of prophets that had died. And they had two sons. And the creditors had come to take her two sons into slavery. And he goes, Elijah goes, what do I do? You know, what do you have? And she goes, nothing. She goes, well, I do have this little flask of olive oil. He said, go get all the empty vessels that you can find. And the two boys, that's what they did. I mean, they're everywhere. Can't borrow your vessels. So they're getting all these vessels. And said that she took that oil and she poured into empty vessels. She poured into these vessels. Supernatural provision, supernatural flow. But when did it stop? When they ran out of vessels. They ran out of vessels. When does the flow stop? When you stop pouring into someone else, when you're not thinking generationally, you're thinking selfishly, when you stop thinking about just yourself and you put yourself as one who is pouring the oil, the refreshing, the power of God, the provision of God, the wisdom of God, the stability of God, what happens? The flow comes through you and it keeps coming, keeps coming. As long as you're pouring out, God will keep pouring it on you and people will be changed and blessed and he gets the glory because he did it we can do nothing except through him as long as we have those vessels supernatural provision continue to flow so young people who who are you going to open and allow to speak into your life 
be willing to. Older people, who are you reaching out to? It's younger than you. Different generation. Who are you reaching out to? Best way to get a young person is to cook a meal for them. Give them some food. Young person, you might have to bug the older person a little bit. Hey, call me and pray for me. Let's take a step. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the earth with a curse. So we see here fathers, and I put mothers in there because we know that they're included Fathers and mothers turn their heart to the children. God is, is looking for that to happen. Fathers and mothers need to give to the next generation, but we need to give them something to respond to. So we, we minister first. And, and last week the Lord ministered that to me that first the older ones, and then God is working on their hearts. But interesting, this is the last prophecy in the Old Testament. There was 400, and I think 430 years of silence after this prophecy. And then we see in Luke chapter 1 what happens. Because Elijah, or the spirit of Elijah, turns out is John the Baptist. Let me say this. Why did God say Elijah, this, this spirit, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts? The reason why, look at Elijah's life. He poured in to the next one. He poured in. They increased, they doubled what he did. Luke 1, 17, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah, you know, he asked the angel, how is this going to happen? You know, I'm old, my wife is old. How is this going to happen? And the angel said, you didn't hearken to the word of the Lord. What happened to him? Silent. See, the, the church really will gain its voice when it turns its heart to the next generation. The church will really have its voice back when it decides to be unified even though the world is divided. He was... Zachariah was muted. He was silent until it came to pass. Let me say another way. We find our voice when fathers and mothers turn their hearts to their children. Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord. So we're one, we're one family. We're one, 
we're designed to need each other. And the body is one body. Judges 2.10, after a while the people of Joshua's generation died. And the next generation did not know the Lord or any of the things he had done for Israel. We see here generational failure. Do you see it? Where was the, the mentoring, discipling? Where were the fathers and mothers? What happened? What, maybe they were too busy with the sports. Maybe they were busy on Twitter and got, got lost in Facebook somewhere land. What, what happened to them? Or maybe it was just all about them and not about others. But it didn't, didn't happen. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 5, this is what God wants. He will bring you to, you to the land that belonged to your fathers. You will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous, your hearts and the hearts of your descendants, so that you may love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. God wants each generation to increase. Now, I've read all the books about the old heroes of faith or uh, the generals of faith, we call them. And uh, I'm telling you, a lot of their theology is not right because we know more now. We're to go from glory to glory, we're to move forward. And be prosperous. Each generation to increase in the things of God. Ephesians 4.15, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He, will make, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, when we're each doing our part, it causes the whole to grow and be healthy. Unity in the body. Unity in the house of the Lord. Each part doing its part grows the other parts. Even to the point here, the entire body is healthy, growing, and full of love. John 13, 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How do we make Jesus known? Love each other. If we love each other, all will recognize. Is that what it said? All men. All men, women. All will recognize that we're disciples of the Lord because we love each other. What a great evangelistic tool. We're to honor and value young and old, make room for others in our lives. Enemy wants to distract the older generation through preoccupation with leisure and amusement. Fear of failure, bad health. And like I said, we don't retire, we re refire. God's not finished. And you're not too young for God to use you. You're a valuable part, no matter what your age, of the body of Christ.
And this in your notes, but Psalms 133, and just listen to it. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. Do you see unities where he says blessings forevermore? And it's going down. Now, interesting here that Aaron was the high priest. It's talking about the anointing from, from God coming down here into, the, into his whole body. Who's our high priest now? Jesus, the anointing on Jesus coming down to each of us. Wow. I like that a lot more than y'all. So what am I saying? Anointing of God is in family, unity, a lot of diversity, but linked together. Some primetime thoughts closing here. Number one, the previous generation is responsible for discipling the next generation we're responsible to tell them the mighty acts of God his works who he is faith without works is dead you know we, we believe the scriptures but we are responsible number two the older generation is to honor the younger generation pouring into them And this could be a college age. It could be teenager. It, and you don't have to be a, a whole lot older. I mean, you could be 20 pouring into younger than you. You don't have to be uh, 50 to pour into somebody. You need to be pouring, all of us need to be pouring into somebody younger than us. And helping them and showing them. Which way to go? The older generation is to honor the younger generation, pouring into them. How do we honor them? By pouring into them and telling them the mistakes we made and the good things we've done. Pouring into them our experience, our love, our prayers, our stability, and our, our wisdom. Number three, the younger generation is to honor the older generation and glean from their wisdom. Now, when I was part of that younger generation, when I was young, an older person tell me something, it went in one ear out the other. Wrong. Would have saved me a lot of problems. But I was hard-headed <laughs> and didn't listen. We need to listen. Now, I'm talking about listening to the right wisdom. Somebody who's living a righteous life. You can get opinions and all kinds of <laughs> people telling you what to do or what they think. But what does God say? That's what I'm talking about. 
Number four, we have stopped the flow of generational blessings by not understanding our need for generational relationships. God wants to do, he's done something special in, the, in this church family, but he wants to do more. Number five, the awakening for God's harvest is linked to the older, the younger, and all ages walking together in generational unity. All of us walking together in unity. Doesn't mean we're going to dress alike or talk alike. Well, yeah. But we're in unity about the things that really matter. And we love each other. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Lord, I, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for stirring people right now who they're to reach out to, who they can disciple. Touch their hearts. Touch their lives. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you would like to be a part of this, what I'm talking about, I just want you to stand up. I just want to say a prayer over you. If you want to be a part of pouring into someone else and taking it to a different level, you might be pouring in already. I'm talking about taking it to a different level to where there, there is a supernatural flow through you. Father, for each of these standing. I pray right now that you fill them to overflowing. And Lord, they're ready to pour out. Lord, most of these are already pouring out. Whatever they need to increase or do different, Lord, speak to them. And Lord, any, some that first time have, they've just, they've realized that they've been living into themselves. But Lord, I thank you that their, their ears are open. Their eyes are open now. And Lord, lead them to the right person that they can mentor and pour into. And some of you, even your own children, you've kind of let go even of your prayers. You need to grab those prayers back. And God will give you avenue to speak into their life. This is God's way that we need each other, that we pass on what God's given us where the next can do greater. Hallelujah. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your grace. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory. You can be seated. For everyone, shut your eyes for just a moment. Anyone here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity. This is the greatest decision that you can make on this side of heaven or hell, whichever side you would be on. If you haven't accepted the Lord, be on this side of hell. Because that's where you're headed if you don't have Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord but the truth is he's made a way for you 
to come just the way that you are. He loves to show mercy. And that's what he did. The cross is mercy. The cross is rescue. He came because we need him. He came because of love. And today you just say yes to Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I'll follow you. I'll live for you. That's you this morning. Just lift your hand. Maybe you're watching online. You can do the same thing. Let's all say this together. Father, thank you for Jesus who died for me that I could be a part of the family of God. Thank you that you're merciful and good. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to be my Lord, to be my master, to have my life. I lay it down. And I receive your new life. I receive from you now. Eternal life. I'll go straight to you. Ever. And when I leave this earth, I'll go straight to you. Forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name. here you've you've hurt your right ankle and I I think what you did you cracked it you hit it up against something and I think you cracked it God is touching that ankle right now and just making it whole just receive healing that ankle right now you need prayer your back come down need prayer for your hearing come down miracles take place here there's someone here that you need a a miracle Pastor Rob was saying, Waymaker, you released your faith, but you were wanting someone to agree with you. And that's fine. Come and receive agreement and prayer. Because God has heard. Now let me tell you about faith. Faith requires action. You can have faith in your heart, not receive. Faith must have action to release it into the natural 
Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise for all that you're doing. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a Savior and King forever.